And so if we are going to be afraid of it, and our kids understand that we're afraid of it, they're going to be afraid of it. And then, you know, when something happens, I always say when something happens, when they see something, when they're at their friend's house and some crazy video pops up. Yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. It's going no. to happen. They need to feel like they can come talk to you. Are you looking for real life, tried and true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. I am so excited today to be here with my friend, Anna McFarlane. Hello, Anna. Hi. <laughs> you guys might know Anna from the very hilarious and popular Instagram, Kids Are the Worst, and Anna is the Worst, and Things Are the Worst. Why is everything the worst? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I totally get the kids are the worst thing, but <laughs> that's just how it started. It was just through the kids are the worst yeah. because we like to be hyperbolic when we connect with people. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it started. Just like you get really dramatic and then you think, of course, they're not. And then it just spiraled. I had so many accounts before. More These than those? Oh, like what? Goodness. It, it was ridiculous. Live well, dogs are the worst, but I'm trying to get my husband oh, to take I can, over that Oh, I have, I have content to add to that. Please. Our dog literally is the worst. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing is it's like they're like kids. You yeah. know, we love them so much. And then they're super naughty. And then, but also some fun stuff. And I had weddings are the worst because mm -hmm. at the time I was just looking also at all the most um, watched and highest reach for Instagram accounts and weddings. And I just, my heart was not into that one. I don't know. I had like laundry is the worst. It, you guys, it got so <laughs> So did you just bundle all those into Some things are the worst? So that's why I did things are the worst because it just like this could never, this could literally never end. Yeah. I could think of something. And why do I, am I starting all these accounts? And then um, I, Anna is the worst. And it, actually, it's been really funny Um because as a, a business person, you know, you're telling people, oh, yeah, go to my account. Anna is the worst. <laughs> and you really feel kind of silly about saying that about yourself. But it's been a funny um, account name because people will, when they share it, they'll, they'll always say, oh, she's not the worst. She's the best. And I think, oh, my gosh, I couldn't have paid people yeah. to always say I'm the best. Yeah, that's it's, a great it's kind marketing of funny. trick. I didn't even realize I did it. <laughs> well, I happened into it. The your accounts are hilarious. Oh, thank you. And I love I love all of the videos and memes and your stories. You're like a story master. If you guys want to learn how to do Instagram stories, follow Anna on all of her accounts. She's the queen. Um cuz you're Thanks. also a professional social media expert. Yes, I I do mostly marketing, but the the biggest pain right now for most people is social media. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I've put a lot of my energy and research into because it's where I see a lot of people needing the most help. Social media is a bigger pain for a lot of companies and a lot of people. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I started putting a lot more of my time and energy so I could help people. Because the rules are always changing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that we're constantly changing. Honestly, because we are, our expectations change, you know, our, our trends change, our tastes, everything changes, and we want things to keep up with us. And so, of course, they're going to change, and we need to just learn that it's moving with us as we grow and adapt and get smarter and better and more knowledgeable. I guess that's the same thing as smarter. Yeah. But honestly, <laughs> like, you know, how cool that yeah. it changes with us. Well, uh, my oldest child is 24, and just in the lifespan of my motherhood, I've seen how things have changed. Mm -hmm. Like there was – I didn't have a cell phone when I had my first baby. No. In fact, I remember logging on through the internet through like CompuServe, some dial-in. Like there's no way Landline. I could have – I just was not prepared to parent my kids around tech and social media. 
because I didn't I was learning as they were going. So you also have kids. I do. Four kids. And what are the ages of your kids? Um, nine, 13, 15, 17. So my oldest, she's a senior in high school. Oh, my gosh. I know. Don't get me started. <laughs> I need to also do a little shout out for your social media guide. I bought and downloaded your social media guide, Talk, Let's Talk. Oh, Let's Talk. Mm-hmm. And you have another one called Get Smart. And so one is for the younger set. Mm-hmm. One's for internet safety mm-hmm. and just tech safety. Mm-hmm. And the other one is for social media specific. Okay. So teens is the Let's Talk. Honestly, as soon as your kids start saying that they want a social media account, Mm -hmm. then that's when you start talking with them about it more specifically. So usually it's around 11 Mm -hmm. for most people, especially girls, 10 or 11, they start talking about it. And, you know, my 13-year-old could not care any less than he does right now about social media. You know, he just doesn't. But my other son, when he was 13, he was chomping at the bit. He was begging for it. And he had to follow all the rules. And he didn't get it for a long time. And... Yeah. Well, I I just read through your guide again last night. I actually bought it for my daughter, Isabel, who is now 13. A couple years ago, she wanted to do a service project. Uh, cool. And I suggested, how about you research um, technology in her family? We can come up with mm-hmm. some rules and some, you know, frameworks around how we're going to make tech work in our family. And I bought the guide for her and she read it and she loved it. And she presented a series of oh. lessons to our family around awesome. it. That's and awesome. I think part of why it was so easy for her to read is because you're so funny mm-hmm. and it comes out in your writing. And honestly, <laughs> as I was reading it last night, I'm like, are some people just born this funny? Is it just so natural? I am. I work really, really hard at it. So. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. So with your everything that you've so learned in emotional. your consulting business, mm-hmm. and then you've learned hands-on as a mom, mm-hmm. raising your kids ar- right. around tech and social media, I, I consider you an expert to be able to answer some of the hardest questions that we have received in, in the Mom Force Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping you could help answer some of those yeah, hard questions. I love it. I love it. Okay, can we jump right into yep. the question? I'm ready. No, I'm okay. really I'm excited. First of all, this question is around ages for giving your kids devices. Right. When is the right time or age to give your child an iPod, an iPad, and especially a phone? I'm afraid of the internet and texting for my kids. My oldest is nine, so I don't know much about this yet. And I'm worried about all the horrible things that can be found online. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty loaded question. <laughs> it's a lot. That's a that lot of layers there. Because the honest truth is we've all, well, and I say we've all, and I'm talking very broadly here, and I'm sure there's someone that says, well, I never have, and that's cool. But we've all been in a pickle where we've handed our kid our phone to play mm-hmm. on a game. You know, I've downloaded games that I will I will never play just to keep my kid occupied in long lines mm-hmm. or I've done whatever. It. We've all done this, right? And we think we're not going to, but then we see how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our kids are living in a digital age. They just are. And if if it's not at your home, it's at their grandparents' house or at their cousin's house or at their neighbor's house or at your friend's house or whatever. And it's at school. I mean, I've gotten so many messages of people telling me that their preschoolers all use iPads at school. Yeah. Right. And so this is a tech heavy world. But our teachers are counting on the Internet for resources. So we need to help our kids understand how to use these things. Now, that's a lot different than saying, here, five-year-old, here's your brand new phone. And it's different than saying this is your iPad or this is your tablet or whatever, or this is your computer. But giving our kids the opportunity to feel confident and comfortable using this is important. That's also why in the Get Smart Guide, I say, you know, people say how young, and I say at least three. Three is kind of 
what I think to is start the talking youngest about it. to have them start talking about it because mm-hmm. usually they can open up a tablet by themselves at three. Yeah. They, it's everywhere. They see it. Even if you think you don't have one, they're so savvy. They know how to use this stuff. It's like they're born now mm-hmm. with the ability to do this. And they just need to know what is online in a way that they can manage. It's all about communication. And so if we are going to be afraid of it and our kids understand that we're afraid of it, they're going to be afraid of it. And then, you know, when something happens, I always say when something happens, when they see something, when they're at their friend's house and some crazy video pops up. Yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. It's going to happen. They need to feel like they can come talk to you. Yeah. Like that's, A hundred percent. The most important thing that I'll probably say this whole time is that your kid needs to feel like they can talk to you yeah, and that there will not be shame attached to it, that you are just learning with them, helping them along on their education in the digital world. That is the most important thing, because if they don't feel like they have you to talk to, they are alone with some of the scariest things that we can't even fathom. And they should never be alone. I learned that lesson a really, really hard way. My oldest, when he was in fourth grade, we were living in Boston. And he was in a classroom where they had computers that were had access to the internet. And I don't know if Boston has different – their school district has different rules that, or they just decided that they couldn't filter yeah. that internet access. But there were kids that were accessing porn in the classroom. Yeah. And uh, my son – who had seen some things that he wished he hadn't seen, kept it to himself for Mm -hmm. a a long time. And when it finally came out, he had been, I realized he'd been suffering for Mm -hmm. weeks under the burden of this thing that Mm -hmm. he had seen and didn't know what to do because I was one of those scared moms who said, nope, we are not having devices. We Mm -hmm. are not having the internet. I'm just going to keep that far away from you to protect you. Um, It ended up being a huge thing. I I confronted the principal about it and they said, well, sorry, we can't really do anything about that. Mm -hmm. It's the teacher's responsibility. I'm like, clearly she doesn't have the bandwidth. So Mm -hmm. I withdrew him from school and we homeschooled the rest of that year. Mm -hmm. But I saw that play out in a really painful way. And I really wish that he had felt like he could talk to me about it. So starting at three. Three. One of the things in the Get Smart that I even when I speak about this, I make people say it over and over. We talk about fire safety. Like, what do you do when there's a fire? Stop, drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll. (laughs) And what do you do? Like, if you've been in earthquake areas, everyone knows what to do. Yeah. Like, there are always these things that we say over and over. And, you know, the percentage of people that get in fires is really low. And yet you want to be protected. So, you know, I always tell my kids and I the thing I teach is stop, walk and tell. And we say it over and over See, and catchy. over and we sh- over. Our kids should know that as yes. fast as they know. I mean, I learned stop, drop, and roll, what, in like first grade? Mm-hmm. Stop, walk, and tell. Walk and tell. So a lot of times when you say stop, right? So if, you're, if your friend has it, if it's their computer, if it's your tablet, if it's the phone you're on, whatever it is, you stop immediately. Because, you know, we talk about this, how you're going to be curious. Yeah. You want to go to the next. You know, this is the way that the programs are created to have us keep touching and moving, but you want to stop immediately. You walk away. If that means, you know, walking away from the computer, walking away from your friend, walking away from the tablet, putting it down and then tell someone immediately. And my kids will come to me and they'll say, Hey, I saw something and I'll just, Mm -hmm. okay, what did you see? Where were you? And is there anything I can do? You know, what would you like next? You know, so it's just like letting them let go immediately. And then they don't feel that burden. They don't feel like they have to hold on to it. It's just it's just so constant. It really yeah. is. There are times where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm ready. You know, yeah, you have – it's just yourself. all the time, you know. But it's – no, it's just 
mom. Yep. You know, I saw something. And sometimes it's really easy. Like, hey, this came up. This person did this. My daughter's constantly screenshotting. Like, someone sent me this. What does this mean? That's so good. Well, and I know know my kids don't tell me everything. You know, we all know that. But I still feel like, wow, if this is what they're showing me, what are they also seeing? You know, I just – yeah, there's so much that my husband and I say fail with us, yes. you know, while you're still home instead of failing when you're out in the world. But at the same time, it's not failing because they're learning, they're getting stronger, their muscles are getting stronger, their their ability to be online yeah. is getting stronger. And so there, there's there's pain when they're, you get muscles. Again, I learned this lesson a really hard way because the same son, my oldest, you know, and the oldest kids are often the guinea yeah. pigs. We did not get them a smartphone until he graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. It was his graduation present to go off to college with, to mm-hmm. learn how to use for the first time away from his mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> it was a disaster. Right. And it was it was in that moment that my husband and I are like, oh, we did that all wrong. Mm-hmm. He needed to learn how to use that in our home where we could help supervise and be there to answer questions and help him ease into it. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. That's- so I'm not going to give an age, like what age they should be. That's up to you. Yeah. But just... They need to have the the muscles growing and the education as soon as they can understand and watch anything at, you know, three. And yeah. when they can talk to you back and tell you what's happening and stop, walk, and tell, you can tell a three-year-old that. They can understand that. And, and developing those open lines of communica- communication around mm-hmm. tech and social media, mm-hmm. but around everything. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like – that's one of our most important jobs as parents. Okay, so when it comes to social media specifically, mm-hmm. so do you have an age range that you think is appropriate I mean, for starting kids on social media? I don't have an age, but the the government has an age, or and all the apps have an age. So the COPPA, I hear some people say COPPA, but I think mm-hmm. that's like Barry Manilow's song. Yeah, COPPA. So, <laughs> I'm like, I think it's COPPA. It's C-O-P-P-A. And there, it is legal all over the world. The COPPA is a child protection. Um, it's child protection. Child oh, I don't know, Protection Privacy Act or something. Anyway, you can look it up. And what it does is it protects your child, but it also protects the businesses from collecting information about a child who is under the age of 13 because businesses need to be protected from Mm -hmm. retargeting ads to minors, to little people. Mm -hmm. So if a little person is on Instagram, let's say, and they are following certain people and clicking on certain links, and then advertisers can say, oh, this person is really into swimming. So let's send them swimsuits or, you know, whatever it may be. And then the parents are saying, well, why is this company sending pictures of girls in swimsuits to my child? And that's protecting the company also that you have Uh. to be at least 13, but also protects your child because they don't understand. I mean, even 13, I think, is really young. Yeah. And so we have a lot of, you know, rules in our house about – when you can have social and how much you can have and how long you can be on it and all of those things, even at 13. But it's it's understanding that you are literally creating an online uh, persona yeah, and that this exists and it will exist throughout your adulthood and it just keeps adding. And, you know, whenever someone says, well, it's not real, online world is not real. And I think that is the biggest lie we tell ourselves that the online world is just as real as the physical world. And we may think it's digital, so it's not online. But if you've ever heard of people having a relationship online, or if you've heard of people killing themselves or hurting themselves because of things that happen online, how can you say that's not real? If it crosses over into an actual physical world and physical things, then it's real. 
how can we say it's not real? It, yeah. So our kids aren't ready for that. They are not ready no, to not create even at this persona. No. So when I see kids with, that are younger than 13 with Instagram accounts. Parents I, just don't understand. They just don't They're just know. lying about their age so that they 100%. can have it. 100%. Because that is something that we do see also in the mom force parents that are feeling pressure, like all of their friends are on and they feel like they don't know what's going on because they don't have Instagram. 100%. Oh, my gosh. So my daughter, Claire, when she was 13, I let her get Instagram because I felt like that felt like a a milestone. And I still was learning about social media myself. She's 16 now, so three years ago. And I felt like I had let her wait until she was 13. But my daughter, who just turned 13 – has been asking for it. And my older daughter, Claire, was like, Isabel, you do not want it. I wish that I had waited. I wasn't ready at 13. And it was interesting to hear her first-person perspective on that. But what you're saying about building the foundation of your online identity, even if you post things to social media and then delete them, I've read that in your guide, that they don't really ever fully disappear. No. I mean, you know, you think it's just on your phone, but how does it go from your phone to my phone? Even if you're private, you are using the internet. You are allowing, you agree to this, by the way, and mm-hmm. all the things you sign that you don't that read. you never read. You mm-hmm. just click, click, yeah. click, moving on. You all agree to this, that the companies use a third-party ISP, which means an internet service provider. If you think about what third-party means, it means you are not paying them. Mm-hmm. So third-party is completely external. So when you allow a third-party ISP, an internet service provider, to hold on to your stuff, It's now not yours. It's theirs. Mm -hmm. And so these huge servers all over the world are holding on to this content so that people can access it, right? So as soon as you share something, as soon as you push post, as soon as you send a direct message, as soon as you send a a message via iMessage, because iMessage is sent online. Yeah, that's why it's blue. It's green when it's a text. It's blue when it's internet. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm here. This is why we have the expert. So anytime any of those things are sent, Facebook, you know, private chat rooms, I mean, people don't realize it's all public. It's all public. It's all saved on these servers. And they have it for at least seven years. So seven years is the law right now. But let's say that the server has it for seven years and then it shares with another server. Now they get it for seven years. So Mm -hmm. if that's one year later, then that's eight years. But what people don't also realize is there are literally servers that are housing all content to access for government reasons that everything you've ever done or posted can be accessed. So, you know, these are types of of things. scary thought, though. Like, I'd rather not think about that. (laughs) Honestly. But it's one of those things where you're like, okay, if I tell you what that is, every time I talk to junior high kids, I tell them this, and it gets silent. The whole room just goes dead silent. Because I think and they think they're private. They if you're private, they're private, and then they're only sharing with the people that follow them or who they're texting. Mm-hmm. But you're like blowing that out of the water right now. Well, yeah. And then what if questions are not real for teenagers, right? In their brains, they can't understand what if questions like, well, what if your friend screenshots their private message and then sends it out because it's happened to someone before? Yeah. My friends won't do that. That's not going to happen to me, right? That doesn't apply. So even yeah. your older daughter telling your 13-year-old daughter you don't want it, eh, it doesn't apply to her. In her mind, I yeah. guarantee you, she's like, but I'm not like you. Actually, I know I, things differently. Can I tell you what she did say? She's like, 
Yeah, I know. She's like, actually, I feel pretty cool at school because I'm the only girl that oh, doesn't have Instagram. Okay, then I like it. <laughs> maybe, maybe deeply. She, yeah. But she's a pretty special child, yeah. I have to say. But the point is, like, if they understand that this is forever and that people can have access to it, it just makes you do a little bit, things a little bit differently. And I know Maya Angelou did not mean this, but I still use her quote all the time when she says, when, when I know better, I do better. Mm-hmm. And when you know better, you do better. And it's like, when you know this, then you're not going to just go, well, it's just to this friend and it doesn't matter. Right. Then you start realizing that everything you do matters. So I joke with my son. He's 15. And I joke with him. And maybe this isn't funny to anyone else, but it's really funny <laughs> to me. But I'm always like, I would rather you go to the, to the corner market and buy a porn magazine. Like – If you want me to give you money and you go to the corner store and you look at that guy on the other side of the the counter and you give him money and you get a porn magazine, I would rather you do that a thousand times before you look at one thing online. Because you know who knows about that? Like you, the guy, me maybe, and God, if you believe in God, right? But that's who knows about it. And guess who knows who can know about it if you look at it online? And guess who starts serving you ads? And guess who starts chasing after you? It starts you? coming and after you, right? Guess who? Yeah. Like, guess who connects to our internet and our service? Guess what starts like connecting to your brothers and what they're looking at online? Oh. Guess what starts sharing with your friends because you start connecting with them? I started writing these things for kids because I just assumed p- parents understood no. like how targeting works, retargeting. No, I, I think the majority of parents don't understand any of this. Right. You're like opening my eyes, even. But I'm, it, I'm getting it's like, just like that. Sweats over here. But it, no, it's it's I think it's almost liberating because you're like, okay, now I just don't feel like it's private. So if I don't want my husband to see anything I'm messaging my friends or see what I'm looking at, like if I would feel weird if he walked in and looked over my shoulder, then I probably shouldn't post it because that's technically what's happening with however many millions yeah. of people who could eventually have access to it. So it just kind of makes you a little bit more responsible for what you're doing. Yeah, so when it comes to the right age, we we know our kids better than anyone. Yeah. And, you know, the industry standards is 13, but we need to make the hard decisions based on what we know. And then also, we have an obligation to learn. We have to dig in and do the research and, you know, read what's out there to be educated enough to make the right choice. 13 minimum, I mean, because that's the law. So I just think, like, being legal is cool. So that's what I would prefer to do. But seriously, honestly, after watching Claire's experience with Instagram from 13 to 16, I wish I had those three years back. And so does she. And but the thing is, is the way, you know, so the way my son has it, he's 15, is way different than my daughter did because I'm, I'm learning as well with him. But he has it enough, and it's not very much. He jokes with me all the time, like, hey, do the things that we talked about to get a little more time, and you can. You know, and then you don't do certain things, and I take away the time. Because you limit the time that he yes. has access. Okay. He has limited access, very limited access. But it's still a way for him to understand what's happening on it, and I, you know, approve everyone that he follows and I can check his activity and I can make sure that he's talking to me about it because I want him to learn how to use it. Yeah. He's going to need it. And frankly, we have more and more um, kids using it for good than ever before. So we just have to like help them understand how to use it for good yeah. and not just say like, oh, shoot, I let you have everything. Ergo, it's bad, you know, yeah. but like, OK, here, let's try it like this. You know, I had to grab my kids phone all the time like, wait, who's this? Who are you following? I didn't tell you could follow this person. Oh, I didn't know. And I'm like, well, now you have to like, you know, we have our Mm -hmm. things that we do with it. But so I remember one of the biggest fights that I got in with 
my son was around checking his phone <laughs> because mm-hmm. I and I you write about this that they're not the kids' phones. These mm-hmm. are pro- phones are property of mom and dad mm-hmm. that we allow you to use and learn and have experiences with, right? Yeah, even if you if you like my kid bought it with his own money, yeah. cool. But you're also in my home and I'm paying for everything else. So really it's my phone because you really shouldn't have your own device until you're 18. Then it's, you know, then we can figure it out. But it's still my phone. It's not separate from family. Yeah. It is part of the family ownership. I I believe that 100%. And I also believe in looking at their texts. And I was really glad I did one day because I saw something that was really upsetting to me and I know was upsetting to him and he didn't really know how to handle it. But there was this whole thing about, well, you invaded my privacy. So how do you how do you handle that with kids? I mean, you, you've said that phones are yours, but what is privacy in the context of kids living in your house? Not devices. There's no privacy on devices. Yeah. Zero. Why? Because there's no privacy on devices for these third-party ISPs. Yeah, it's just the way there's, it is. there's zero privacy. And I fully want my kids to have privacy but not with anything digital. Go to your room, read a book, write in your journal, go take a nap, go listen to music. How do you listen to music? Oh, we'll find a clever way to listen to it without your phone. Because my kids are always like, but I need my phone. I'm like, no, here's a cool thing you don't. Here's a little radio I have, Uh radio clock. You can like listen to things or we have like old CD players and here's all of our CDs you can listen to. But, you know, like find ways to have privacy that are not with something digital. Yeah. And that's totally okay. It's a good lesson to teach that anything digital is not private. Even no. if you think this is a text conversation between you and Heavens your no. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's not private it's at not all. It's not private. Um, okay. So much good stuff on it. Can I ask you a question yeah. about social media specifically? Actually, this is a question from the mom force. The age-old dilemma of raising teens these days, she says, my teens aged 14 and 16 do not have social media accounts. They are asking to join Snapchat because it's how their teammates in study groups communicate. My gut tells me no, but I'm wondering if there are safeguards or ways to keep an eye on things, etc. I do trust my kids, but I don't necessarily trust some of their friends. Okay. So Snapchat's really funny. I know. Because in my mind, Snapchat is the baddie. Yeah, it's not. baddie. Here's the thing. Bad stuff is on everything. You know, I mean, you can tell me any awesome app and I'd be like yeah but there's always like bad stuff on everything uh, so the thing about Snapchat is it does tend to create a dynamic for um, what for negative experiences for kids to share things they wouldn't share on text it's almost why? like it it almost feels like a chat room it almost feels like feels a little separated yeah and... like you know like a little private room that you're walking into that's, oh, that's different. the illusion of privacy that is not really totally there. snapchat notoriously has these channels that will share content that's too mature because they are magazines they're publications that have their own channels that share things right mm-hmm. so the thing about snapchat is Tell I me feel like thing. I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> is that if you are going to let your kid be on it, you have to be on it. Like 100%. You have to be on it. Okay. So. And then you have to understand how it works. So it is a much different experience than other apps and and messaging. So you have to understand how the the group chats work. You have to understand how, you know, they're doing stories. You have to understand the terminology. And so that just has to be the agreement. If if you are going to be on Snapchat, then you have to like learn this with me and you have to tell me everything so that I understand what's happening. 
So I feel like that is good advice for any of these apps that our kids are on. Yes. Shouldn't we know what what they have access to and how they work? Yes. But Snapchat is a funny one because there are a lot of teams, there are a lot of groups that are on Snapchat and that's because and, it's an easy place to have group messaging. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are moving to group me more group and me more. Or my daughter's groups use band. Oh, I don't know band. That's but another. for every one that we hear about, there are hundreds that we don't know about or that are new. But with Snapchat, it's not that it's bad. It's that it just tends to have that privacy aspect to it or or kids can get addicted to it or try to get this like high number. right? Mm-hmm. That's what I kept hearing about are the streaks. You know what? And as soon as my kid would say anything about a streak, I'm like, we need a break. Yeah. Like you don't <laughs> want a streak of anything. You know, and that's in in the in the get smart, we talk yeah. about time a lot, you know, and and how much time do you think you should be online? And then we do these like exercises so kids understand how much time gets wasted. And you just have to let your kids understand the concept of time and what you can do with it. And then if you say, okay, so if you were doing streaks, how much time are you spending on that? Yeah. It's really just having this conversation with them. I, my kids, do they use Snapchat? Mm-hmm, but they don't like it, so they hardly are on it. And I just constantly open it up, see how much time they're on. So we do a couple different apps so I can monitor. We use screen time, and we have a couple through our um, our phone company. I have used Bark. I have used the few other. There, there are a lot of them, and, and they're constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And, and so – I can monitor and see how much time my kids are spending on each app. But I also can see when my kids are on their phone through screen time and it doesn't always correlate to what it shows me. And so I just sit down with them. I say, okay, like, what were you doing? Did you figure out a way to get around this? Yeah. And if they say no, I'm like, well, the numbers are showing me something different. You just have to be honest with me. You have to tell me. I see that you were on for an hour and 30 minutes, but I only gave you 45 minutes. So how are you on for an hour and a half? So even if they can figure out a way. They have to just tell me. And you know what? They've told me multiple times, you know, like, oh, actually, you know, Johnny, my 15-year-old, he's very honest with it because he's learned if he's not honest, he doesn't have a phone. Yeah. In that guide is like what's going to be the repercussion if you don't follow the rules and they help make that decision. Yeah. So that was his decision. So he doesn't want to lose his phone. So he's just very honest. And he knows that I only care about helping him and it's I'm not going to be angry or upset or shameful every time. But he figured out that if he uh, deletes an app from his phone and then re-downloads it, that it, the time starts over. Oh, so he was doing and it like so five times a do, day. Or do you know any other hacks that these kids might be using to get around yeah, screen I mean, time? Yeah, so, good to know. Oh yeah, so another one he told. Well, they just tell me, so I'm like, that's stupid. See, but you have you have invested in creating these wonderful open lines of communication with your kids, and not every mom has that. So, well, and that you know why we, I think as we continue to work on that. <laughs> well, I think it's because it's work. It is because work. it's hard, and we just want like, oh, here's a cool app that's going to take care of it for you. And here's the thing that I've learned in my time online and learning and researching this is that the nefarious companies, you know, and really it does – I hate always making it about porn because there are so many other things out there. But really the porn world and industry, they're so rich. They have so much money. Like if you understood how much money they're putting into the experiences online, you would – treat things a little bit differently. You would be a little bit more aware of what you're doing. But as soon as some firewall gets created or as soon as someone creates a really awesome app, they're finding ways to get around it. Yeah. And and I know that sounds terrifying, but really that's why I'm saying that don't count on anything. Count on like yeah. the conversation. That's And it's work and it's hard. And honestly, I don't think getting rid of, of phones and tech and apps and social media 
is going to be an uh, easier route. I actually think that's going to be way harder in the long run because they are still going to be in the tech world. They are still going to see it. There are countless uh, messages I get from people who tell me that their kid went and found an old phone and, you know, or their friend gave them an old iPod and they found out ways to get on. I mean, kids are smart. They know how to do this. My kid telling me how he gets on YouTube and if he um, turns it off and turns it on really fast, then it like psychs out the screen time. So then he can watch longer. Like he just figures out these little hacks that yeah. he's doing. And and he'll probably do them for a week before I figure it out. So he, you know, he got away with the week. Good job, buddy. But then he knows that there's now this ramification. But it's also like you just need to tell me so that like we can have this conversation. Because otherwise you're going to come to me and I'm going to say, how did that happen? And you're not going to feel like you can tell me. And that's the worst is yeah. if you don't feel like you can tell me, then what's yeah. the point? You know, I, I'm here to help you. I'm here to like help you feel safe and and manage this world. So taking it away to me is actually a worse decision than to just trust that an app will work or yeah. a, a firewall or any yeah. of those types of things. Because then they're not. there's no opportunity to grow and learn. And you're setting them up for failure as we did for our oldest son. <laughs> well, he's not failure. But no, no, no. no these he, are things we've learned. But he had some hard – he had to hurt, learn some hard lessons that – Yeah. You are speaking truth, Anna. And you know what? The thing about filtering, too, we get a lot of questions in the mom force about, you know, what filter should I use on my router? You're not just managing this problem at home. Like, this is a worldwide problem. Your kid is going to go next door. Or even for us, like our house, we can access a different Wi-Fi from our house. And we have a filter on one of them. But then my husband realized, well, why does it keep connecting to this Wi-Fi? And he's like, that one's not protected. So we just have to be diligent. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to go to Target and connect to their Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you go to your friend's house and the school. I mean, and schools have really good protection and firewalls, and yet kids know how to get around them, and and companies know how to get through them. You know, so it's really – we can't think that it's the only defense. It is a defense, and it's an important one, but it's not the only defense. The biggest defense is the communication. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we have <laughs> – You've used all of our time with you, but I have another question, and this is not about specifically kids, but about us, like our own habits. Um, you mentioned screen time. We use screen time in our family too. And at dinner last night, my husband was reviewing his screen time out loud with with our kids, just kind of saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent that much time on Twitter, and you know, why was I in uh, Instagram that long?" And so all the kids open their phones and we're looking at their screen time. And it was a really easy way to have conversations around time. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, we lose track of time. But I did not want to go get my phone. I didn't want to open my phone because I was so embarrassed about what I would see. I mean, granted, I use social media for work. I have to use as, as you do. But I know that I spend too much time. And this question that came from someone in the mom force I mean, I could have written it myself. It says, as stupid as this sounds, I feel like I'm addicted to my dang phone. I'm always picking it up and looking at something on it. Does anyone else feel the same way? What are some tips and tricks to moderate phone use to help ensure you are making enough time for things that are more important? Yeah. How do you do this? I have a lot of little tricks, but the first one is you just have to set time like you really do. You know, one thing that my husband and I just recommitted to, and it's it's always doing this. We're always doing this to ourselves and to each other, is we are not picking it up in the first hour of the day because it's just so, so easy. So what do you use for your alarm? No, okay. Well, we turn off our alarm <laughs> and okay. then we move. Yeah, and so like, yeah, I'm technically using it when I go work out because I'm tracking it, but I'm not looking at my phone. You know, okay. I'm not like getting on social. I'm not. He's not getting on Twitter. I'm not looking it at my emails. It takes a lot of 
discipline. I'm just saying right. I've tried to make that rule for myself too. But no, just an hour. I'm not saying you're not picking up. It's just for the first hour. And there's also like all these these mindfulness practices that say, you know, if you start your first hour of your day looking at social media, then the rest of your day you have a hard time concentrating because you're just looking for that dopamine because mm. you are caught, you get it. You, when you get it the first hour of the day when you're the most creative and the most clear and you're getting all these different photos and different content, then you start becoming less uh, uh, concentrating. You concentrate less. Yeah. And it's not that that thing is bad. It's just it's not what your first hour should be spent doing because it's this very fresh, clear hour. And plus, there's also this other stu- there are the, the, these other studies that if you see something negative, then it sets the mood for your whole day. So yeah. why would you want that? So maybe it's just like whatever works for you, whether it's like, oh, I want to concentrate today. I want to be really creative today or I want to just set my own intention for the day. So I'm not going to open it because I don't know what's out there right now, but I just want to stay positive today for at least the first hour. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is for you to make that decision. The other thing is like, if, you know, what if you were reading romance novels and if your kid were getting ready for school, would you sit down on the couch and like open a romance novel? Maybe you would. I don't know. But I'm trying to think <laughs> of like things that when you're like. No, because you think that's so weird. They're yeah. getting ready for school. Be with them. Like, yeah. Help. So yeah. almost try to think of it as like this, okay, when it's time for me to use it as my relaxation. My mom used to cross-stitch, right? Uh-huh. She has like very interesting and intricate cross-stitching. But she wasn't doing it all day long. She would do it after she got the things done that she had on her checklist. She's a very organized person. But she would get her whole checklist done, and then she could like sit down and do her cross-stitching for an hour. It was just her way of of relaxing after doing it. So it's really, how do you want to use it? How do you want to treat it? And just set those times for you. But my favorite tips are to do things like that or to, um, I like to move my apps around on my phone. Oh, hide, hide the ones that you- I don't even really hide them. I'll just rearrange them. Okay. So sometimes I go color coordinated. Sometimes I put them in new folders. Then sometimes I just move different pages or then I try to do like a theme. And what that does is it creates when you open up your phone and you go to where you're used to it, it's just a quick reminder like, nope, I don't want it. I was, I was trying not to do this. It just reminds you like, oh, wait, I'm just doing this out of habit. A little bit of a barrier. A little bit of a barrier. Um, Another thing you can do is you can actually set alarms right when you get on. And I do this sometimes for myself. If if I know I'm just doing it for fun and I'm not doing it for work, I do it for work too. But I'll say, okay, I just have 20 minutes and I don't want to go over. So I just set a little timer. And I mean, that's why I like my Apple Watch too because the timer on my Apple Watch is so much easier to get to for me. I don't know. It's just a barrier. But then I can just turn it on super fast, turn it off or ask your Alexa or ask whatever. Like just set the timer. And then that promise to yourself is just a good practice in general. So if you say I'm getting off at 20 minutes, then your brain starts believing you. You know, it's all these times when we like are honest with ourselves. So if I say, no, I did it. I, and then I trust myself the next time. So if you're not feeling like you can do it, you got to prove to yourself that you can do it. So then you trust you. You believe you. I don't believe myself anymore. You know why? Oh, so you don't say that. Because <laughs> no I negative. set screen time limits for me for social media. Don't do that. And I dismiss them every freaking time. Okay, so that's not working for you. So instead, when you sit down, just set a timer and just go 20 minutes right now. Don't, don't set it long term. Yeah. That's that's overwhelming for us because you're like, oh, well, I didn't know five days ago how today would be. Yeah. And so sometimes I need to be on it longer. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, why does that keep coming up? And so then my instinct now is to always dismiss it. Okay. So so instead do like a 30 minute. And when it's done, even if you're not done, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to prove to myself that I can. I can come back in an hour and finish it. But right now it's off. Yeah. I'm done. Like those little things are just like training ourselves. Like we would do that for anything. We yeah. would train ourselves to get 
further in our running, we would get it for cooking. We're going to like, you know, set a timer for the cookies or for whatever. Like we're so okay doing that for almost everything else, but we feel like it's controlling us Mm -hmm. if we set timers for this, but it's really just training ourselves and it's good for us. And ultimately we'll be liberating we Honestly, won't feel like we are. A- we, we actually will enjoy it more. I promise you, you will enjoy it more if you don't feel like it's always the first thing you go to or it's like holding you down or mm-hmm. if it's feeling frustrating for you. It's not supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to be a cool tool. And I refuse to end my day every single night with my husband and I laying in bed looking at our phones. Yeah. I'm just over it. Yeah. So you're going to take control. I mean, it is the first hour and the last hour. I suggest <laughs> okay, you don't get on your phone. All the rest of the hours. I have so many bad only habits. Only your phone. I, my alarm goes off and I turn it off as I walk to the bathroom and look at whatever's popped up on my phone. Just I try just it have for no... a week. But that's the thing is it's like it doesn't – maybe you want to be on it. But just try it for a week but set an intention of why yeah. you're doing it. Just be like, I just want to see if I can or I just want to like see if I can set my intention differently. And then just see how you feel. Like it's not forever and ever. I think you need to start an Instagram. Um, Anna, Anna the wise, not Anna's Anna the, the worst. Anna the wise. You have shared some, <laughs> some really great stuff with us. Man, I I look up to you so much. Thank mm. you for modeling Thanks. intentional parenting and putting in the work to have those conversations. You're not armed with fear, but instead like deeper love and understanding. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and let us know what you think. Also, check out the show notes for links to the things we talked about. And you can find a special chapbooks discount code. All right, we'll see you next week.